0: Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that's been going on as long as Kenny Miller, but to much less acclaim. This week on Heart and Hand, sheep shearing. So welcome to Art and Hand, the Ninja podcast My name's David Edgar And returning after holiday after his, uh, what would you say, your mid-season break It's Mr Scott Vandenacker
1: Thank you, except I wasn't in La Manga training under the hot sun um, But it, it was lovely, it was fantastic um, What I will say is we've been around as long as Kenny Miller mm. and Sadly we have the same impact as Joe Garner yes. which, which is over the years we've spent more time rolling about the floor <laughs>
0: <laughs> certainly, my case. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's true. So yes, Scott. Nice to nice to welcome you back to the show. And uh, you take you missed you missed a couple of uh, poor or uh, performances uh, against Motherwell. I don't know if it was it. I still haven't got my head around what that performance was. And then uh, a fairly turgid one at Kumarnak, but, uh, like But uh, like like the heroes in these the the classic tales. You know the the the, the Henry v, the Fifth, uh, the Mayor of Casterbridge, Rocky Three. We triumphed in the end.
1: I think uh, the funny thing about being away was the social media reporting of the Motherwell game. Yes. Obviously, I was trying to create a visual image based on what people were saying to me and. People were sending me incoherent sort of, what? <laughs> what? What th- is this? I think at one point uh, you texted
0: me during the Motherwell game and you said, what's going on? I'm getting all these weird reports and try to follow on Twitter. And I said, I don't know. What do you mean you don't yeah. know? And I said, I don't know. And you're like, what's the formation? I said, I think it's a 1-2-4-3 and I'm not taking the piss. I think you yeah. thought it was back on the drink.
1: Yeah, it, it sounded like the old-fashioned... Uh, like sort of hockey stick from the nineteen tens, mm. there was like one fullback mm-hmm. two sort of, I don't know other defenders, and then everyone else is up front.
0: Um, I will say that in terms, people you in particular have complained long and hard about Rangers over the years when we were doing well that there wasn't entertainment. That was fucking entertaining. That was yes. that was like taking an acid. Uh, it was. Quite bizarre, but uh, from that we went to command, But we don't even dealt with this. If you want to catch up on that last yep. week's pod um, with with myself and Cammy, I dealt with that. But on Saturday, we were or Sunday. Sorry, we went to uh, Petardri, going to hell as Pedro had been told. He said he'd been told he was going to hell, and he must have been a touch disappointed. I think to realise when he arrived there that hell was in fact a kind of rickety old dump that smelled of fish, full of unintelligent. Unintelligible, one-eyed people who uh, basically were dressed like golfers from nineteen seventy-four.
1: Yes, I think obviously he was getting his Portuguese English phrasebook out to see if "hell" meant "arse end of fucking nowhere." Mm. And um, and as for the cauldron created by the home fans, he's felt like Oh, felt like felt like He's probably what?
0: I think the only cauldron in Aberdeen is used to cook their dinner.
1: Yes, it's a strange place. It's a strange place. As, it's it's, strange place. as you know,
0: Scott, I'm, I'm 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 a fierce unionist, but I would have no objection at all to Aberdeen and Dundee being cut off from Scotland and allowed independence.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think anybody anybody I don't think anyone notices. Um, Aberdeen's like sort of stuck in a time warp, where it's got a rich oil sector, and everyone else is from the fifties.
0: Mm, yeah, I, I always thought that Urwali was. Quaint old tales of, you know, sepia-coloured nostalgia for what Scotland was like maybe almost a century ago Uh, In fact, I now realise it's actually a hard-hitting expose of life in the North East
1: It's a savage place, but not in the way they think No, Um, no, not in the way they think Also, um, the great thing about them taunting supposedly Rangers fans is that we get to go home in the bus
0: yeah, after, yeah, exactly.
1: After the game. So, the last yeah. laugh really is on
0: them. Yeah, we we, we get to get to uh, go back to civilization, and the other thing is, you know, we get to go home in a bus. Uh, they're they're actually worshiping the bus because they think it's a god on wheels. Ooh. Yes,
1: a ju- Juggernaut. The original yes. name of Juggernaut was, of course, a wheeled chariot of the gods, mighty iron god. Yeah, um, we worship you, O Parks of Hamilton. Well, they're probably looking at their holy books to see what Parks of Hamilton. Translate it as yeah. Yes, yeah, the other thing about it, of course, is that the cauldron of hate. We generally pump them. <laughs>
0: um, well, let's let's go at the game um, because there's a lot of good stuff to talk about, and it's. Uh, uh, I think me and you'll do that
1: uh, yes. together. You,
0: you've tended to miss the decent stuff this season, so I think it'll be quite quite fun for you to be able to to go off full cocked for a for a change. Three times we've played Aberdeen this season. We'll break down this game individually uh, in a minute, but I just wanted to to say this. Now, Rangers have been unimpressive for the vast majority of this season. It's you know that's why we have a new manager, um, and it's why I think most of us are expecting quite a lot of activity both in and out in the summer because Rangers have underperformed and Aberdeen are still nine points ahead of Rangers, and that cannot be ignored. So fair play to them for that. The but, second force. Yeah, currently, absolutely. Now, that's all well and good, but what I would say is... We've played Celtic, and we haven't beaten them yet. Um, we've we've got one draw. But we played Hearts and had two absolute leatherings against them. And we've also had struggles against other sides. We've played Aberdeen three times. We've won twice, and we were horrendously unlucky to lose the first match. It took a wonder goal in the last minute. Of a game that we had the better of. I won't say dominated. But certainly we had the better of. Aberdeen are shite. Aren't they? It's, it's a myth that's been about, Or what are the other teams doing against them?
1: Well I think that's one of the things. That got Mark Warburton the 10-tack. Is that you have to factor in. Everyone raising their game against us. I don't think. If you're part of Thistle or Kamarnock. Or another team in the SPL. The name escapes me now, but then playing Aberdeen, you don't really care. It's like if, if Sally said to you, David, David, you have to come see a gig with me. The, somebody's playing from the eighties who are a goth band. Mm. You'd maybe go brackets. You wouldn't, I wouldn't know, but, but I'm, I'm giving it an example to the punters. Okay. Right. So imagine you went right. Mm. Double brackets. He really wouldn't go, no. but, um, it, you would go along, but, and it would be a gig and therefore by a musical experience, but you wouldn't really care. You wouldn't care what songs they played, whether they did an encore. The only thing he cared about was getting home again. Hmm. And I'd imagine if that's a game against Aberdeen, that's the same for most people. Um, Who are these people? Why are we playing them? Uh, Whereas playing Rangers, of course, because Rangers are Scottish football. As the new report today showed, money's rolling in, crowds are up, and advertising revenue and TV revenue's up Mm -hmm. the minute we're back. So we are the only show in town. And I think that does add pressure. Warburton never got that, that you don't, Play the game. And See, ah, I have watched Hamilton. I know how they play. They don't play like that against us. Not that he did watch them anyway. No, he didn't watch anybody. I don't think. And so we we have it hard against teams, but against Aberdeen, I do It's very hard to explain that the game.
0: I was expecting uh, Aberdeen would be coming up this season. I would. I was expecting that Aberdeen, after Celtic, would by far, especially Aberdeen away. Would be our most difficult match.
1: Yeah, I we should had, have nine
0: points. I, I maybe yeah. you know what it is. Maybe you've been away for a few years. I'd maybe still had it in my head that when I thought Petardry, I'm thinking back 80s and 90s because you know when I grew up and when I first was going to Petardry, when it really was either they had a really good team or a decent side, and yeah. And, the, yeah, and the place was was rocking. Uh, and it was raucous The only noise that gets made are Rangers fans You get the customary Ian Durant song After 15 seconds Because that's their claim to fame now And you know, then that's... the David
1: Cooper song just yeah. after that and,
0: and and that's what they yeah. have uh, Then you've got the, the, the kind of quite baffling And I, I will need this one explained to me By a localised sheep One who speaks English This um, Walking away is the Rangers way Thing I don't actually know. I mean I get okay You're not Rangers anymore Fair enough Knock yourself out But Walking away is the Rangers way When your stadium is full For only the second time This season Because there's 8,000 bears there Again After all that's happened to us What the fuck Are you talking about?
1: I know Another one is Tenwin went to more Meadow What? What? They sang that They sang that one about Mo'a Meadow Why? I've got no idea I- the Aberdeen funds, I don't know. It's, it's a weird kind of subculture, isn't it? It's, it's, it's just it's, strange. Uh, maybe we could... Are uh, then Aberdonian listeners could
0: maybe... Albert Scott, it- it's a fucking podcast. Do you know how long God. it takes to download a podcast on dial-up? Okay,
1: that, right, well...
0: They're currently was,
1: halfway through downloading episode one from 2010, for fuck's sake. Well, how are you getting on with the transcripts of the, the actual like, writing out what we said and posting them to Aberdeen? Is that, that ever come of that? No. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well, uh, the, the thing was that they, they sent the money, but it was in shillings, um, 2D ah. and sixpence, so uh, I can't get it changed at any, but we'll be going back to that now Now that uh, Brexit and that.
1: Oh, well, we need it. we'll need Aberdeen more than ever. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, basically, onto the game, it was a strange state of affairs. So, yeah, they sang The David Cooper song, blah, blah, blah. We then, strangely and interestingly, took control of the game. I thought the first half, and I'll
0: go through it as I watched it, if you like, and I'll go through my thoughts during it rather than just take it from the end,
1: which was obviously
0: yes. very satisfying at the end. But. The first 45 minutes, I thought, again, the expected pressure for them didn't come, much like the first game. Again, we made two excellent chances, but missed them both. We didn't concede much. I remember one shot that uh, Wes had when I think it was Hayes cut in from um, our our right-hand side uh, and fired a shot that Wes dealt with quite easily in the first half. And then they had a shout for a penalty that no sentient being thought was a penalty, but Michael Stewart did. Um, Wasn't a penalty. I love these things. None of the Aberdeen players are even claiming it. Tell you something, Michael.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, the boy who went down wasn't claiming it. Tell you something, Michael.
1: What about Celtic fans in the studio next to you? Oh, they're not claiming either. Yeah. Uh, It wasn't a
0: penalty. But at half time, I did think, hmm, I think I've seen this film before. Where we have played well, we haven't conceded much, much maligned that before certainly the war button teams could come on, because that wasn't happening. We were competing physically, and we made two really, really good chances, as Dick Advocat used to say 100% chances. And we should have been at least one up, probably two. We weren't, and I thought, oh, you know, I think we, we all think we've seen this film before. And start a second half. Aberdeen come out and take control of the game. Again, I didn't think it was quite like the Alamo down there, but they were building pressure. And Wes Fodringham has made three good, well, two good stops and one terrific stop, I think. And at that point, you start feeding the worst, and then boom, just. Uh, I know that I know that McInnes would like to write it off as a crazy five minutes, but we've played them three times this season. And we've got 6 points We should have 7, possibly 9 Barring you know, a, a phenomenal free kick in the last minute It wasn't a crazy 5 minutes It was Rangers, picked you, Rangers got a great goal A phenomenal goal from Kenny Miller But then they fell apart And Rangers now, I think Are beginning to get a bit of confidence New manager, bounce, that kind of thing So when something went right for us Everything then began to flow And in the end it was three It could have been five
1: <clears throat> You know David in many ways The game is like making love to a beautiful lady
0: In that you don't get to do it As often as you want to
1: Well there is that In, in, in that
0: your best days of it were in the 1980s
1: There is that Um, Don't mention sheep Okay um, It started really well Okay A lot of enthusiasm and I was well on top, yeah? Yeah. Then I started to get tired, held back a bit, worried I was maybe not going to quite get there. And then at the end, it was just fucking magic.
0: That's kind of old man sex, worried I'm not going to get there. When you're younger, it's worried that you're going to arrive there far too quickly.
1: That That's true. Um, you can't win, can you?
0: No, when yeah. you're older, it's sort of like things pop into your mind about have I paid the lecky?
1: Much the days on pretty soon,
0: yeah oh, there's no there's, I, for all of our younger listeners, please you know earmuffs but there is nothing worse than when you are trying uh, like half time the pressure that comes from knowing I really have to get this done quickly and and not even in fifteen Because you can't it, you know you, you can't explode fourteen fifty nine because of the clean up operation, you really need to have gone full bore, as it were.
1: Yeah, to, you've, you've also got that thing we have to like, cuddle them for a couple of seconds and go, oh, that was great." So, so you got to that on.
0: I don't know about that. Is is this newfangled?
1: I, I live in Ayrshire <laughs> mate. Well, you, well, you, you pat, do you not pat them the head at least? You go well done, mate. No.
0: Personally, I sent them a, a nice telegram. Did you text Sally after? I just text, <laughs> you know,
1: congratulations. Enjoyed that. Um Facebook status. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Just had sexual intercourse, <laughs> yeah. like thumbs up, yeah. Yeah, thumbs up, yeah. Of two. Thumbs uh, up, depending on no. Right, well, uh, back to the game, yes. So yeah, the end, but uh, again to go back to my sexual analogy, of course, it took the introduction of a big black lad to take us home. <laughs> Which well, in a lot of these films that we've watched is often the case. Um <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh for fuck's sake We're getting shut down On that one well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Joe Doodoo was, Doodoo was told he Maybe he had to Go and fix the fridge <laughs> And Aberdeen With the lady In the negligee Well to be too
0: honest Afterwards I was dripping Like a fucked fridge uh, At that one it, yeah. it was fantastic When he did that And then Do you know what I loved um, And we'll come to Joe Dodo In a minute What I loved about him Is when he was walking off At the <clears> end He was You could see him still Annoyed at himself For missing the chance Where he hit the bar I fucking love that That's yep. a fantastic trait In any striker
1: I also love the fact That he could sort of Trap the ball and pass it <laughs>
0: Occasionally can finish See this yeah. is, Right Let's do then I've got a few notes And one of the things I've got written down here On my pad is Sheeting stri- bastard What che- Making notes You never let me have any No I make notes during it As we I actually have And I'll post a picture of it On our, on our Twitter feed I actually have a lovely Union Jack Paul Smith notebook What I use oh. exclusively For the pod I like um, it and, I can, and it's just words So that To, to kind of uh, Extemporate uh, From I don't write Long Long notes um, But So I, for instance here I'll tell you what I've currently got written down here Strikers right. Slash Gardner Dodu Waghorn Miller Right I mean it's It's
1: complicated There's it so not I a mean... lot
0: to work off But uh, yeah I'll post a picture of it on, on our Twitter feed But Strikers Right Do we have to Yeah it gets better it it gets better. Let's start off with manner that that happened in the game, if you like. So the first incident would be Joe Garner's. Let's start with Joe Garner. I know you've never really rated him, never really taken to him. I thought there could be a player in there. I'm going to upset a lot of people here because the whole cult hero thing, and I hate that term because Philip Sebo is not a cult hero, right? Nacho Novo is, if you know what I mean. It's Yes. They have to do something, and this kind of ironic love of Gardner, I was embarrassed by, at the start, and yes, before anybody gets in you know, gets in touch and says, well, if it had been a Rangers put, you are absolutely correct. If Garner had done that to the sheep, would he have been sent off? Yes. You're completely right. It's a different matter, though. That's He's that's the way Rangers are handled, that's the way Rangers are treated, and we can discuss that, and I will agree with you 100%. However, we all know what he did. We all knew what he did at the time. And given that he picks up stupid cards time after time, he's got away with it a couple of times. And given the fact now that there is a few around him and, and he needs to watch himself because referees, once you begin to get a reputation, whether it's fair or not, it sticks to you and it does alter the judgement of people when they're dealing with you. And... In that incident, I just thought that was everything about Garner that we don't like, and we don't see enough of the things that we should like. He played very well the second half against Motherwell. He played very poorly, I thought, against Kilmarnock, and then he just doesn't score enough goals. Do you know what? We can analyse this, we can go over it. For the other stuff, he doesn't score enough goals. I appreciate the thing that he, he upsets defenders, but I'm not sure he upsets them in a positive way for Rangers.
1: No, he also upsets us watching it.
0: Yeah, I... I yes, he butted his head in a, a movement towards Joe Gardner. It was not enough to send him down. I may be hopelessly old-fashioned here, but I don't particularly like when Rangers players do that. And a friend said to me, "Star, oh, come on, you know, if it happened in an old firm game, I said, look, I don't mind him getting a player sent off. But do it properly. If you're yes. going to dive, be fucking good at it.
1: Yeah. I think the other thing with Joe Garner is he's only hit five goals, which means he's got less goals than Aberdeen fans have got fingers in one hand. Mm. And uh, I think that that's a damning indictment in its own right.
0: Uh, he occasionally has these little bursts that go 15, 20 minutes and and then nothing for weeks and then you get the clowning around and the, the, the poor tackling and
1: look Everybody. Right, I'll, I'll I- ask you a question David Yes. would it be acceptable what you're seeing with Joe Garner and my dad and I were talking about this today actually would it be acceptable if he'd been a Bosman? Mm yeah probably yeah and is there a lot of it because it was such a colossal chunk of our budget which appears to have been spunked much like the film earlier featuring the fridge and the lady in the negligee
0: I think it was the case that if we had... You're absolutely right, it's £2 million per £1.8 you but know, we'll say £2 million by the time that you, you factor in agents' fees, etc. That to us was a Herculean amount of money, and we were obviously hoping that we would get something that would look like a £2 million play on the Scottish Premier, and he hasn't. Another way of looking at it is, would I put up with all this crap behaviour if we had 15 to 20 goals out of him so far? And the answer may be different. But look, I just don't like strikers that don't score goals. It's, again, you know, that's, I am maybe not hipster enough to understand modern football. Um, I do get people leading a line and doing a shift, but you should occasionally weigh in with goals as well. And I defended Garner because I think there's a kernel of a good player there, but I'm not sure that he focuses enough on doing the stuff that will bring that out and instead lapses into all this fuckery. And I I, I just don't think it it helps us particularly. Moving on then next to Martin Wancorn, who I thought worked really hard, bustled. He did, you know, in a positive way upset the Aberdeen defence, but again missed a crucial chance. And I don't know what it is with, with... why can't I mean, is he, is he just a guy who's always going to get you at most 10 12 goals a season? Is that just the type of player he is?
1: I think he's a squad player who's been elevated because we don't have enough options. Yeah, he's a guy, who, he can take a penalty, he's got energy, he can maybe maybe turn a game late on when, when teams are tiring, but I don't think he's, he's not your main striker or one of your main strikers. But he, I, but here's no. the
0: thing though, just to, to back up the point earlier, he costs 200 grand. Yeah, and, and that's why it's acceptable. Yeah, and no, because... Rangers, no Rangers fan can complain about the shift we've had out of Martin Waghorn for two seasons so far for two hundred grand.
1: No, I mean he's, he's, he's been adequate. And see if you see if Warburton had explained that he was beefing up his squad with guys like Waghorn, that's fine. He's ended up though, for a variety of reasons, being one of the main men, and I don't think he's got that kinda of level of quality. Then we come on to goal scoring
0: hero Kerry Miller. Uh first goal was an absolutely terrific finish.
1: I mean, we have been well, watching Kenny Miller since we first knew, known each other mm-hmm. um, and we and i have talked to, I mean, Kenny Miller doesn't have time to think about it and we really liked him up to 2006 we really liked him up to 2006 um, and then something happened but uh, his instinctive finishing is amongst the best I've seen now you know for a fact that if he'd been running in a goal he'd have missed it but then he
0: scored but you're absolutely right normally the, the That's, if you like, one of the cliches of heart and hand over the years Is Kenny Miller is a better first time striker Than he is when he has time to think about it But then he tucks away that second one Although it could, you know, adrenaline was coursing through him You know, for the first goal But the first finish, I mean, he can hit that one place really And score And first time on the half volley Keeper's still diving now And and the, The keeper actually did well If you watch the replay, and I've watched it a few times um, the keeper does as much as any keeper can, and he leaves him one spot to score. You know, the the keeper has covered. If you watch the dive, he has covered everywhere, bar the postage stamp, mm-hmm. and that was That's where well, that was where Miller put it. Tremendous finish. Now, things you don't notice actually during a game, and things that that pop up. I hadn't realised in the euphoria of the first goal um, that we scored straight from kickoff. Aberdeen took kick-off Played a pass Another pass A loose pass The ball straight to Dodo, Who played it beautifully Through to Miller Didn't have to break stride Tucked it away I hadn't realised it was that quick Because there, no, no. there, there, was, there was a long delay Between the first goal and kick-off When you watched it back Because uh, like I say, I tried to watch the games back Before we do that, And that maybe Contributed to the sense That it was a few minutes later But it was literally Four passes from kick-off
1: See, That's That's um... What I'd say about Kenny Miller is it's interesting that he's weighed in with a few goals recently. He's our top scorer of the strikers that you're going through now with a fine-toothed comb. But I, I don't think he's actually been playing that well lately. Strangely, and I know that I might get criticism from the pod <coughs> listeners, but I don't, I don't know how well he's played. What's interesting is he's actually played best when he has ended up playing up front. He's scored a few really good goals. But the dropping back in Lincoln play that he did more last season, I don't know if it's a season too far or the legs won't do it, or the opposition's a bit better, but I actually don't think he's had the best of seasons, despite having a pretty decent goal return now. Well, compared to the rest.
0: Well, here's the thing about the New Deal, right? And it's it's very difficult to avoid.
1: What, FDR? Are you talking about politics now?
0: You really want to get me started on American history? <laughs> you, you <know laughs> right, folks, I'm welcome like. to American History Podcast. Yes. Watergate, part one of 47. <laughs> yeah. You know what yeah. I'm like. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> After the game, you're going, yeah, you should get a a, a new deal automatically, and then I see other people saying, well, I'm not so sure. Here's my argument. I would give them a one-year deal, and I'll tell you for why. We need at least two first-choice strikers for next season, agreed?
1: Um, At least two, yes. Yeah, at least two. Although... We'll come on to Joe Dudu in a minute. Yeah, yeah. But I still
0: think he could be one of them. Yeah, just, no, I think Dudu could be one of the strikers. I think you always need four strikers minimum. And yep. I'm counting Dudu as one of them. But I, I think you need two first choice, two guys that can go in and start and play now. Then you need backup. Yes. For the money that Miller is on, can you replace a reliable backup? Because Miller. Will play badly in in long spells, I agree However, look at the goals He doesn't get the fourth In a 4-0 win Because, to be honest, we've had many of those But he He gets winners He gets goals that get you points He gets important goals He gets goals against Celtic And goals against Aberdeen And goals in cup matches Like against Mourinho earlier in the season He pops up when you need him to And when you're looking down the bench next season with 20 minutes to go, do you want the guy that you've brought in for two or three hundred grand, who's 24, who's Joe Dodo Mark II perhaps, right? Because you've spent your money on your first two strikers. Or do you think it would be good to have Kenny Miller chuck on here? Then you add in, he's clearly well respected by the rest of the team. He's been coaching with the Swifts. For me, I think you lose a lot more than you can gain for the same spend. I, I I don't see the harm in it. Say you give Kenny Miller a year, and he doesn't play at all because the guys that are playing are doing are doing fine. That that's no loss. It's not a waste of money.
1: Also, coaching badges, right, are seen as expensive. But I was uh, believe it or not, I said tedious. I am. But I was looking at the costs of of these, you know, UEFA uh, five star licenses and stuff, and the pro license. And it's less than £100,000 to put somebody through the top, the UEFA Pro licence. I think that's a small price to pay. If they've identified Kenny Muller as a potential coach and someone that's respected and knows the club and who can combine coaching with playing, he's on a very low wage. And the cost of these badges with UEFA is not prohibitive. It's not a lot of money. So you're right, I think you've got somebody who wants to play, can find the back of the net still, and even if you factor in the costs of the, the coaching, it's still going to come in as less money than a lot of the players that we've experimented with brought in and don't play anymore. Hmm. Like so see, yeah,
0: it, it, When you say the contract, people say, well, I think we could spend that money better elsewhere. Do you, really, given a track record recently? And given the amount of players that we're going to have to bring in, I just think it's a bit of a no-brainer that you have him for a season. And if Do you know can- who you
1: get for the money, David? Who? Do you know who you seriously get for money? You're talking Connor Salmon. Yeah. Back in a, a, cup, a grand or two a week, who knows the SPL, you're talking about like a Connor Salmon. And that's just, why would you swap that? Why would you do that? I just I think, like I say,
0: it's the old, you know, looking down the bench with 15 minutes to go uh, at Maldor. And unless that we have serious investment, which we're not going to get, then I think that Miller would be a handy guy to have around. Now, it could be a moot point because. My personal view is If he was going to get A new deal It would have been given to him By now But time will tell
1: but, My other uh, My view is that He'll also factor in The coaching thing See if Rangers are look warm about that Whereas This is an example Suppose Hibbs come in And see We will pay for your licence We'll pay for your badges And you will coach hmm. I think he'll think About that as well I think a lot will depend On the nature of the offer That he gets I think he probably Is looking at the stage For a continuing career In football
0: Okay now, Joe Dodu, um interesting cameo again from him. We've we've seen a couple of these this season from him, but again, a lot of people have been saying he should get run in the team because there is nothing improves a player than being out of a team when the team's playing badly in the eyes of a fan. You know what it's like, um, it happens to anyone. If only X was available, X should be playing, he's better than Y. Yes. Um, and it's not always true, but it's it's understandable. But the the argument I've heard against Dodo is I haven't been impressed in his cameos. Someone said that to me, and I said, "Well, yeah, okay," but he's been. I I, I would kind of argue against that by saying, when Joe Dodo has been sent on, because of his limited opportunities, it's tended to be in situations where it's a last throw of the dice. You know, where it's a a fuck it you know, Joe, you go on and try and get us something here. Now, yep. in those circumstances, when you're getting put on, you're getting put on because the team is in a hole because they performed abysmally. And you're then coming on and trying to make an impact when the rest of the team have been an hour playing badly. To shine in those circumstances, I think, is an incredibly difficult thing to do. You're not being sent on when we're two or three up until going and have a run at them. You're being sent on when we're losing, the fans are on at them, players are lacking confidence, they're not playing well, things aren't going well, and yet you as the front man are expected to turn it round, and he actually did manage to do it once against Partick Thistle, so, uh, look, he's raw as as spot, but, but he can finish, and that's a quality that,
1: you know, a lot of our strikers don't possess. And he's got pace, the, the, his goal on Sunday, did you see where he got the ball? Yeah, it was inside In, our half. Inside our half, and you need that as well. Um, I like it. I just think if you look again at the goal against Hearts, which was disallowed wrongly. Yes. What a, what a finish! I think that
0: was a turning point. See if that goes in, he's got three and two games, and I think that he stays in the team. But he was hauled off minutes after that and never seen for months.
1: And I also think that's the thing that we don't know behind the scenes. I think Dodo has probably outperformed Garner and Waghorn when he's been on, but it must be the training, maybe the attitude, because Warburton very rarely played him, and then uh, Pedro came in and he's he's. In the squad every week now, and he's he's getting game time, but he's not getting the chances that maybe I, I thought he would get. And I wonder if there's something behind the scenes related to attitude or face not fitting. Or I'm just I'm just surprised that he hadn't hasn't get more game. As you say, he's getting two or three minutes when we're getting beat. Mm-hmm. And I thought 25 half an hour that that's the kind of what I expected him to get as a run out. And we don't know the full story, but on Sunday he managed for the second or third time to sort of change a game when he came on. Right, and that's, a goal that's and an assist. Yeah, subs are supposed to do that. That's the whole point, of making a substitution. Yeah, um, And he's done it, He's only, and he's one of the few subs this season who's actually been an impact sub. So I think he's definitely one to watch. He's got pace, he can finish, he can pass the ball, and he's looks enthusiastic. He actually ran at Aberdeen, he took the game to Aberdeen the minute he came on. Mm. And that's also something that you can't, we've suffered from passing the ball sideways, passing the buck, and getting someone else to do it. Mm. So he's having someone that says, oh, I'm doing it. That's, you cannot underestimate that He'll have a shot goal He'll run at them He'll break inside the box I think you need that enthusiasm And that willingness To yes. take the team on I also think that uh, I do
0: believe that, that When people say things like You're not seeing him in training And I actually do believe that Because yes I'm sure There'll be times where People's faces don't fit And, and all the rest of it But I, I refuse to believe That any manager has a superstar Sitting in training That he's not playing and he's losing team just because he doesn't like them. You know, football being the, the type of cutthroat results business that it is. If you've got a guy that you think can go in and, and score goals for you, you're going to play him. So I do get that argument that we're not watching them in training. But I just think it's coming to the stage where you're looking around at your options and you're saying, well, he can finish. What he can't do is the whole tracking back, working hard thing. I think that's apparent. He's very light. It's not his game. He had to do it a couple of times on Saturday, on Sunday, and you could see it was like when boy just to occasionally remember to try and chase a ball into the corner. Yeah, and he was like, "Oh, all right, I am. Yeah, will that do?" And he was sort of like that. He was trying it, but you could tell it wasn't natural. To him. He's got a
1: wing back, and no. nowadays you're asked to
0: be a bit of a wing yeah, back. You're asked to play back, but he can finish. And let's see if we can get him into position where we can get the ball in front of him in the opposition half three or four times. Yeah. And give them a, a bit of space to run into in a in a half and see what happens
1: Two questions for you about strikers, David, okay? I think we've probably been over it, but it's just to be interesting because we've just been talking about them Number one, what did you think of finishing the game with two strikers rather than three spread across the pitch? Well, it seemed to work Yeah, and I also thought that Miller and Dodu seemed to have a pretty good combination I thought that... Uh, you can check back in the old pod if you don't believe me. I thought after
0: the Partick game, when uh, they linked up for Dodo's two goals, and uh, Dodo said in his post-match interview, yeah, me and Kenny have got a really good relationship in training, so I, ju- I know when he gets the ball just t- to make the run. And again, you sort of saw that, and maybe it's something yep. we could look
1: to exploit. Uh, certainly, it's, it's, it's worth a try. It's, behind, it's so supposedly behind the times now to play two up front, but it was interesting how well it worked. Anyway, the other thing was... And we've talked about this, but just to tie it all together with Strikers, at the time, the rumour that we both heard through various people that we know was that the reason Tammy Abrams wasn't approached, although it was actually a possibly a goer, was that the board felt the fans wouldn't wear their highest paid, big name, being a loan signing. Okay, That was seen as being a, something they didn't want to unveil, a loan signing. He would probably... now barring injury or bad pitches, and I know I'm tempting for but he would have probably run amok, judging by... Do you think we should have, retrospectively, should the board have been tougher and gone with it and said, look, the fans will be happy if we win? Or do you think it was a good idea at that time not to invest too much in someone that wasn't our player? What well, I- um, do you think, looking back now, because he has been a huge success at Bristol City, so what do you think about that decision? Chelsea...
0: When he was offered out in loan, his basic wage is 60 uh, 60 grand a week. So he was offered out uh, to clubs with Chelsea picking up 25% of that, which meant any club taking him for the year, and this is over and above a loan fee, I assume there would have been a loan fee, I don't know exactly how much it was, but any club taking Tam Abraham had to pay 75% of his wages or 45 grand a week. Okay? So. That equates to Anyone doing the maths Would be what we work out at, at 1.8 million You know um, Which is what we spent on Garner It was about the same So yep. I can Yes I can understand Why they're saying Well yes we could get this guy in his goals for a year But then we're left with Literally nothing Then he does go And we've spent that 2 million Whereas the idea of If we spend 2 million At the end of the year You'll still have a player And you can resell him And okay You might not get as much But you'll still get something Back for him So I can understand it You know that If Garner had hit 20 It would have been a no brainer But he didn't So That's what it was I I Put it like this Scott If if I've got X amount of money If I've got a limited amount of money To buy a car And Instead of buying A kind of old banger That will do me for a few years I instead Lease a really really expensive one A top of the range A cracker For three months Mm. It's probably not the best Spending my
1: money, is it? But it may be because you may have a brilliant three months. Yeah, true. But um, yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's just interesting because that that was the. I the think thought, I, yeah. I, I can
0: understand. I think you, that, that when when pennies are, are tight, I can understand the, the motivation behind it. Now, honourable mentions. Uh, before we get to the the two youngsters, I thought that Jason Holt was absolutely terrific, and I think we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. Jason Holt is being asked to do less But do it better And he's responding
1: Yep Um, I think He's always had the energy And the link-up play But I don't think he was a natural Box-to-box or goal-scoring It was hard to find a role We've talked about this The midfield have found it hard in general Mm. With the three guys up front Well, two wingers and a, a central striker To find out You've obviously had Halliday screening the defence But the other two midfielders I found it I think, hard at times to find an actual role And Holt especially But now he's been asked to do a thing
0: Uh He's been given a specific area of the pitch And he's told to be the guy who goes and attacks the ball Whenever the opposition of the ball Holt goes and attacks He's the first Which lets, on Sunday it let Hyman play a little further forward And it let Terrell almost be that that quarterback That I know that you like And that's sort of the guy that dictates the pace And it worked very well And I thought that Holt uh, again in both matches, even even uh, the other matches where we didn't get the results, I thought he's doing less, or he's being asked to do less uh, in terms of functions. He's not been given 10 things to do. He's been given 5 things to do, and he's doing them still 100%, but he's doing them better. And the other one, and it, pretty much on a similar level, was Danny Wilson, who was a senior man of the defence, and... He just defended. He didn't try and be Franz Beckenbauer. He just defended, and he did it really well. Danny
1: Wilson's huge disaster for Danny Wilson was having Warburton as a manager. See somebody that encouraged that kind of Beckenbauer tendency Mm. and said, "Yeah, yeah, thirty-five-yard passes, Danny. You know, without a backlift, outside your foot. You know." Danny Wilson let the sort of Danny Wilson myth grow. Danny Wilson should be told Like you're six foot odd You're a defender You're not a laddie anymore Just go in and win the ball mm.
0: And he fought and, for it I mean Aberdeen Are physical yes. They're big He got a, a nose breaker Back in the mouth that, that, that Apparently there was no malice in And again I think we all know
1: Oh he's not be, a bad lad David, uh, David He's not it, a bad lad He's not that type of player No he's not that type of player if it'd
0: been the other way around I think we all know Retrospective action from, uh, oh yeah, they've knocked apart Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. A, a compliance officer would be involved if he hadn't But uh, yeah, I agree I think that he just, he wouldn't be bullied He stood up, he had a, a kid Next to him And, uh, and he was allowed
1: to clear the ball, that sort of thing Sometimes he's allowed to put it away mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely he, he was told to go and defend And he defended um, And credit where it's due, I thought he had a, an excellent match marshalling, uh a defence containing containing Two youngsters And speaking of those youngsters Two games, far too early to judge, uh, so I'm not mm-hmm. judging, and I'm only offering praise. Young Beerman, in his two matches, to me, has looked like he he's just could be considered a first-team squad player now. You know, he just two 7 out of 10s, just too quietly effective, got on with his job. There will be dips, obviously, but he just looked like completely this is where he belongs, if you'd been told, watch this match, and tell me, who's making his second appearance, or there are two guys, making his second appearance, I think you would have picked out Bates, early on, but you wouldn't have picked out Beerman, and it was the same against Kilmarnock, and I think he looks ready to roll, Bates was nervous, and people say, oh he looks, he looks like Bambi, he's a kid, he's making his second appearance for Rangers, it's a fucking Pataudry, it's live on the telly, he was nervous, let's give the guy a break, What he can do is, again, something we haven't always seen from our centre-halves, he can head the fucking thing clear. I think there might be a player there. There might not be,
1: but let's not go on at him for looking nervous. Plus, we've also said on this pod repeatedly and, and in the pub and in the house and on text that modern footballers, defenders can't defend. Now, do you know there's probably room for a big rugged guy who clears his lines and I'm not saying it's the future of football. I don't think football is going to change back.
0: And yeah, I mean, I just think that it's it's sometimes a defender that can defend will do it. And Bates did look nervous, but so would I. He's been called from obscurity to play two away matches in a week. And he's been part of a defence that, that kept two clean sheets for me. So, you know what? If the kid's going to look nervous um, and keep clean sheets, I'm, I'm happy enough with that. Because we've got plenty of older defenders that look nervous and don't.
1: Exactly. I also think the coaches can work with that. I mean, I'm an admirer of, of still the old sort of John Terry type, you know, thing. And see if the coaches realise that. Hang on, you hate John Terry. I know, but the type of player. All oh, right. You hate it's John
0: a, Terry, the person.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a jippo cunt. I hate him. But if you think about it, Steve Bates is not the silkiest and he's not the man that starts all our play. Is that really a big deal? Um, put somebody silkier beside him. They, put, he they ends did, up... no they, they, neither of them had to do inside because he put Toro there to go and take the ball off them. Well, exactly, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it's. I don't think it's a huge issue. No. the fact is, oh, he, he, all he does is defend. That might not be so bad. No, forward. I do think. I would In the SPL, it. Miles Beerman though. Can I say about Miles Beerman? He has got one thing going for him, which is is hard to. I can't stress this enough. Miles Beerman has got a real chance of making his international <laughs> debut soon as well. Yeah. Because thankfully, he's a Maltese player. So he's got that thing where he could be one of the most famous Maltese footballers quite soon. So he's obviously got that pushing him on. And that he's only got a couple of house painters and a taxi driver ahead of him in the queue. Um, at the moment, for f- most famous Maltese footballer. And um, But he looks already like Lee Wallace's understudy. Now imagine that, he played two games, and he is now probably a reserve left back. And that's full credit to him And to the coaches Can I also say To Graham Murti And the coaches um, He's a good one He does look a good player
0: um, I like Malta As you know
1: You love it yes You want to live there don't
0: you? I do in, uh, that you may end up Be getting Sooner rather than later Actually you may end up Be getting pods From Malta uh, From me But I would agree That it's not really Renowned As a place That Produces wonderful Footballers
1: Except Miles Beerman
0: Except Miles Beerman So Wouldn't well, it be great You know when I move out there And they'll go Ah Rangers Do you know Miles Beerman And of course I'll go yeah Yeah Yeah
1: Great friend of the pod Of yeah, course I, I, yeah. I, used, I used to, to coach, coach him
0: and that Yeah
1: Miles, My, I called him Yeah I mean first name terms uh mm. It's going to be And then they'll They'll start a Rangers Sports Club With you As sort of chairman You'll get to do Guest openings Cut the ribbons And you'll love that shit Won't you Pretty much yeah Yeah Although they might have to go to your house.
0: You no, know, escape. That's
1: true. You you always said that we, I'd need to go out in my house to do the pod and hmm? That's true. But what would you can I ask you a question? Why would you move to Malta? It's a lovely climate. To sit on the sofa there. Do you know it'd just be better sitting on the sofa here?
0: Yeah, but I'd be right, how can I put this? See, even though I've moved away to deepest, darkest Ayrshire, yeah. Right, I still live in fear that people might just drop by. Right. right now if in Malta there's no fucking chance of that. That's true, you could leave your back door open and nobody would come in. I wouldn't do that's that. True. You know that, I keep my door locked at all times, just well, in case true. anyone attempts to come in.
1: Um, would you, if you moved to Malta, would you use the opportunity to get a B-Day put in this thing, a proper B-Day?
0: I would expect a B-Day would already be there.
1: Okay, fair enough, can't argue with that.
0: No, um, but I, yeah, a I, I, far more civilised way for... for one to live one's life. But uh, but but that's for another day. That's for another day. Yes. One thing before we move on though, Scott, I think that you and I have long said that Rangers without gingers, it just doesn't work. No. It's When were we at our best? In our lifetime? Mid 90s McCall, McCall, Bomber, McCall, Alberts.
1: Yeah.
0: It's it's just a, it's a simple fact of life. So if David Bates is here to lead us to the promised land yeah, then I'm fine with
1: that. Absolutely fine, as long as he doesn't get premature balding. No. Bit of praise for Pedro? Of course. Um, I'm not... I think you have to take everything with a pinch of salt. Pedro at the moment is doing a really good job of g up the troops, yes. especially the fans. But I think a bit of his explanation about why we spent the first 25 minutes of the second half pinned in our own box... Was maybe wishful thinking It was a...
0: deliberate And we were getting ready To hit them in the break
1: Yeah But I'll give him that It's the kind of thing he... I'd say So I can't really yes. <laughs> yeah. I Can't really criticise him I thought that he'd... What we has done The last two games especially Take the Motherwell thing aside Okay Kilmarnock and Aberdeen We did restrict the number of chances That we conceded Yes we did That is we true did lot better with cross balls
0: We did and we, we we have looked a little bit Not totally but a little mm, bit more Organised slightly
1: I had watched Engaged. the game
0: back uh, The Kilmarnock game And I usually watch the games back before the pod Because I don't think When you're watching it live You don't analyse it Or if you do you're a better man than me I get too caught up in it It's too emotional And for instance I couldn't tell you Who in the opposition played well Because I don't watch the opposition I just watch Rangers Whereas when I'm watching it back, I can do that. So we did the pod right after it as an experiment. And one of the things I said was, oh, bloody corners. We loads of corners. We never scored. But we actually did put corners onto people's heads. People the same
1: colour jersey
0: Yeah, p- people were making runs into play- They were executing it properly, but the plan was there. And I just, yeah, I, th- I think he he's, he, he's brought a, a welcome calmness. One thing I think that I do want to mention is that you can already see the media narrative that's being put out about him, which is, funny foreigner, let's all mock, and they pour over everything he does forensically in a way that they do not do with Scottish managers. And the the strain of anti-intellectualism that runs through Scotland, that you saw with Carthro, you know, laptop manager, you know, I imagine a manager with a computer... Uh, you know, how how do you type your match reports you fucking dick have you got a, a 1950s are you, you're living out your Hunter S. Thompson fantasy as if you even fucking read them but it's that sort of thing and I noticed uh, Jackson in his column giving it the whole uh, oh the professor and I'm not the sneery nickname already why? what's he done? in any way that uh, he gave out the team early uh, he had a joke about the Aberdeen team And that's it. And he changed tactics during a match when we weren't playing well. And it's this, uh, it's this xenophobic. How dare a foreigner coming in here? Why are we not appointing one of our own guys? Because Scottish football is shite. It's utterly fucking terrible on every conceivable level. We are good at nothing, literally, in this country. Nothing, right? We don't produce young players we don't do well at international level our league is not exciting we don't have good football that we can all say well at least it's entertaining even if it's maybe not the highest We've none of that it's shite we don't have entertaining analysis which is why idiots like me and Scott get listened to when there are fucking highly paid professionals that people are turning off in droves that's why we get foreigners in and then when they come in these fucktards sit back and try and go oh who does he think he is eh this guy coming in here just because he can speak a foreign language listen you cunt you can barely speak English
1: I mean that's the thing about Cathero there was this thing about he went to Portugal he went to Spain why wasn't he in largs <laughs> exactly why wasn't he doing badges and largs why wasn't he hanging about with Alex Miller and uh, Bobby Williamson and you think oh. and this thing about, he's a disrespector Pedro disrespects people he's a crazy clown and he he switched uh, to everybody up front and he's probably going to be like Manuel from Fawlty Towers. He's been charged for three games or something. I know. It's absolutely ludicrous. Um, but also it's because the press don't want him to succeed. And on that note, see the response to the game on Sunday. You would have thought that somebody important had died. Oh, God, yeah. It was... They were mourning. And it was funny, but I'll tell you one thing to the listeners out there. I want you to do this. I want you to look back to Sunday and Monday and the response to us winning a football match and imagine what 55 will be like. Mm. There will be seriously suicides. We have destroyed the lives of people in this country simply by winning an away game. Mm. And it's sometimes you forget, you take a step back or you go on holiday like I did last week and there's no Scottish stuff on the telly. There's nothing about Scotland at all or Scottish football. And you forget and you have a good time to come back. You forgets how much we are utterly despised in this country by everybody, and how difficult it is for the manager to get a fair crack of the whip. Because
0: whenever you go to England, because you know the Tims will go to ah, everyone hates. You. And you go to England, they don't. They really like us. Yes. You know, that And they don't. Uh, the, the story they see is oh, this British club that went through hell and back. But you stuck by your team. That's brilliant, lads.
1: Good luck. Yes. Do you Are you the team at forty five thousand average in the third division? Yeah.
0: That, that, whenever I've been, you know down south, business, whatever, that's bit with your Rangers fan. Oh, God, did you go in the first? Yeah, yeah, season two. That's brilliant, mate, you know? And um, that's the that's the kind of exception. But, of course, up here, they just can't get their head around it because they never face any criticism uh, internally. Now, um, before we, we move on to very brief spears of the week because we've, we've uh, talked and talked and talked and talked about football, um, what's, what's become of us? <laughs>
1: it's a sad day, isn't it? What yeah. What's
0: become of us? And... Um, but before we squeeze one in, so to speak, Jonathan Johansson appointed number
1: three. Thoughts? Um, I think it probably fits the bill. He was probably the most qualified in terms of coaching of yep. the candidates. Um It would be Har
0: Alex Ray, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he was living here already. So and um he was willing and very keen to take the job, so yeah, makes perfect sense. I'd imagine that what this means is that Pedro probably does want a little bit more out. Do you remember what it was originally put about? It was like a gonk, basically.
0: Yeah, basically a Scottish guy to to come in and show him where he could get the best fish supper, etc.
1: Yeah, but I think looking at JJ, I think there's more to the role, and I think that's interesting. That Pedro wants he wants his link. He wants his link person, but I think he wants a link person that he can also talk football with. Mm. And I think you wanted a qualified man for the job. And I think it's really encouraging as well.
0: Well, there's two things I want to address um, about it. Firstly, I would have backed whoever got the job because it would have been chosen by Pedro and he's the guy that has to work with him. So, you know, at the end of the day, if someone comes in an interview that we haven't been at, we can't go, I can't believe he picked him. Because Johansson has clearly done something at the interview where Pedro's went brilliant. And secondly, in any job, you, when you're interviewing the person, you sit and go, you know, can I work with this guy? I'm going to have to spend... 40, 50 hours a week with this person—is this somebody I click with? did he think the way I think? So, whoever Pedro had picked, I would have supported. Yeah, obviously. But yep. it, and for people to say, "Can't believe he picked him over certain other candidates," um, he was a much better player. That's utterly irrelevant, right? So, I'm sorry you, you don't understand, and your opinion should be dismissed. I'm sorry, but that's a fact. Now, Jackson's hack piece on Pedro as part of that there was a line in it which said that one of the candidates um, found the explanation that Pedro gave him for not getting the job baffling The two things about that firstly, Pedro phoned everybody individually to tell them that they hadn't got the job didn't need to do that, it was a classy thing to do secondly to this guy who shall remain nameless but we all know who it is that is why you didn't get the fucking job. One, you didn't understand. Two, your first thought was to phone your pal in the media.
1: Exactly. What I would say though, if ha- had that person got the job, at least we would have had an open channel to the media. Well to open twenty four seven
0: that is, Yeah, but, you that's, know that's that's the issue and um as I say, that to me just beautifully illustrated why that person didn't get the job and people said I can't believe you're attacking him. Well, here's the thing, lads, uh I'm attacking him because he has gone to the media to supply ammo for a negative story about our new manager. Mm-hmm. So you're damn right I'm attacking him. Because even if he felt that way If you are a true Rangers fan, why don't you go, I'll keep this to myself because I don't want it going in the paper. You know? It's... uh, I just don't understand it. For me, that's looking out for yourself. And it's it's huffing and it's unbecoming. Well, you contrast that with the likes of Kevin Thompson, Peter Lovencrantz who put out saying, was honoured to be invited, good luck to JJ.
1: Brilliant. I mean, Mm -hmm. the thing is, if if Claxton Jackson's new thing is... Pedro's a clown in which it of is Yeah, which, uh, he's in charge of a clown circus and you give him bullets to fire yes I'm, then. I'm
0: sorry then no I feel it's perfectly okay for Rangers fans to criticise you for that and it doesn't matter what you're you know because as Ali proved you can divorce on field and after Mark Heatley certainly has proved you can divorce on field doesn't mean you appreciate what they did on the park one iota less but it does mean that you say I didn't agree with that and that—that's his case. So best of luck to JJ Scott. Very quickly, can you batter through uh sporting integrity? Because yes. we have had some nutters getting in touch saying a pod with no sporting integrity is not a pod at all before they've taken their medication, obviously.
1: And I thank my dad for doing that. Yes, it was nice of him. It was nice. I've got a few. They're all linked. It's about chairman, crazy chairman. Okay. Okay. Um, first of course, we're starting with uh, Palermo owner Maurizio Zamperini, Of course,
0: my yeah, favourite.
1: Um, so last spring he of course they already had a manager and they'd sacked him let's not forget that okay he hired Roberto De Zerbi, okay okay now at the end of November he said I'm not sacking him I'm keeping De Zerbi. that's my decision my decision forever two days later he sacked him for being pitiful pitiful man and <laughs> okay. hired Eugenio right then he hired Eugenio Carini, okay six weeks later he lost faith in Carini and tries to rehire De Zerbe. Right? Uh, Roberto De Zerbe says no to him. Okay? Quite a pitiful, pitiful man. Then Karini has said, okay, you can keep the job, even though I don't rate you. So Curini then says, at the end of this, this was earlier, just a month or so ago, Karini said, I have to be honest, every day here it's like atomic bombs dropped. It's like Hiroshima. <laughs> Zamp- I think Karini he may be then, slightly <laughs> overreacting, but yeah. okay. But then Zampirini came in and said, Hiroshima... Try being president That's what's not easy There we go
0: Yeah well listen I I will always say that I have sympathy for these So called mad despot owners Because I know what it's like To have to work with a team of fucking idiots It's like having cats Uh, Yeah
1: What? Speaking (laughs) of which, uh,
0: next week, the live pod, uh, Friday 21st of April at the Loudoun Tavern, uh, is a sellout, and I'm very sorry, but it's completely sold out. Uh, People have been asking when tickets will be sent out. They're not going to be sent out. Your name will be on a list, but you will have to provide bank card ID, so bring driver's licence or bank card. The reason for that is if you've tweeted that you're going and somebody sees it and turns up and goes, oh, I'm somebody, um, and we let them in. You'll be a bit miffed when you turn up 10 minutes later to find out that some bastard's in and has taken your place. So please remember that. We will let uh, uh, let you all know that again this time next week. So that's pretty much it from us. All that it means for me to do is tell you where you can get in touch with us. Search for Heart and Hand, uh, the Rangers podcast, on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at ibrockrocks. Scott is... At Scott Hart Hand. I'd like to thank our executive producers in London, Mr. Mightley and Mr. Paul Myers, and to thank you very much for listening. I'll talk to you again this time next week. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> Podcast Network.